have a Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs one back-to-back series against Division Foes Home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star rating if you like the show so other people can find it. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about their lack of defense. I write about why Ian Happ was robbed and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. Danny, how is it going? Hey, it's good. I don't I don't know what uh, to do with myself with all this winning. I'm, I don't even know who this Cubs team is. I don't don't even know how to root for a winning team anymore. I forgot. <laughs> and now I'm back. This is th- that was awesome. Th- this that was a fun week at uh, at Wrigley so far. They're pretty fun, and I am digging the young guys playing. Like, Bodie over VR is such an upgrade. We'll talk about Bodie's injury. It looks like it was precautionary to pull him in a game where the Cubs had a pretty big lead, Um, but that was scary, that collision with Nico Horner. Um, But Bodie over VR is a huge upgrade. I love seeing Nelson Velasquez in the lineup more. Uh, I am digging what I'm seeing from this Cubs team right now, and I know it's short-lived, and and we'll talk about all of that, but I am – I'm I'm having a good time, Danny, and both of us were at the last couple of victories. It, it was a lot of fun. Uh, should we just jump right into what's going on with these Cubs? Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, one show note before we jump in: the we're going to cover both the Red Sox and the Brewers series today, the Fourth of July holiday. We don't want to really get up and record on a holiday weekend, and and we don't think you really want to get up and like listen to a brand new episode during your holiday barbecues or plans or fireworks or whatever it is you're doing to celebrate or not celebrate, uh, as the case may be, America. So um, we are going to try to slam a whole bunch of content into this hour, and we're going to talk about the Red Sox series and the Brewers series and the Red series. So we're just going to jump right in. The Cubs won two of three out of the Reds, and they did not win the first game, although it wasn't a bad loss. Keegan Thompson was okay. He just kind of lost it towards the end there. He threw six and a third innings, gave up eight hits, four runs. All of them earned, did not walk anyone, struck out eight. He just got outdueled by a really good Luis Castillo. The Cubs didn't do a lot with Castillo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keegan was good again. I mean, it was a pitcher's duel up until later in the game. Um, I'm not, I know he was dealing, but I'm not sure why Keegan went out there for the seventh. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he was done, but he was done. That's when they started. Or, or, well, actually they started to score in the sixth, but then the, the seventh is when, uh, he went out and um that's when uh he only got the one out and then you had to bring in wick who who didn't who couldn't get anything gave up three hits and then hughes had to had anyway the wheels fell off in the seventh like is all i'm saying and i'm not sure why he went out there like castillo he had he was awesome 11 strikeouts to three walks but uh so they had the cubs swinging and missing and everything but you know 123 pitches it took him. I understand that Thompson was only at 86, but why this guy was not even in the rotation to start the year. You know, why are you trying to like make him throw a complete game? David Ross, like you, you, you're paying, you're playing with house's money at this point, just go to the bullpen. It's so much harder for Rowan wick to come in who Rowan wicks, not having a great year, but it's so much harder for him to come in with runners on base uh, in a situation that's not a clean inning. Like, I'm just like, I've, remember how I said that I feel like Ross is playing an out behind? Yeah. Or a game behind or yeah. a week behind sometimes. I, I feel like it, like this was one of those cases. I'm like, dude, just take what you got out of Thompson. He gave yeah. up the two runs. Get it out. Get, get him out of there. Let it go. Like, it's not like, you know, he, he had given up. I don't know how many hits up to that point, but like, they weren't, they were squaring them up. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I'm just saying like I, this game was a little frustrating on that standpoint. They got the tying run to the plate at the end of it. That ended on a weird play when like the wind was going and uh, the, I think it was their left fielder and the third baseman nearly collide and the guy had fallen over. And I was like, Oh man, just so close. Just one ball, one more ball falls in there and, and you sweep the reds. 
Yeah, I um, I want to go back to what you were saying about Rowan Wick. Al had an article just sort of asking, like, why is Wick still getting high leverage situations? And and I don't think he is anymore, although the Cubs haven't had a high leverage situation for a couple of days. So it's it's hard to say. Uh, Rowan Wick pitched, pitched a lot in this series, and, and he showed up in a game that the Cubs had definitely already blown out the Reds. So it's possible that he's being moved into a lower um, lower leverage role. I I think there's a couple things going on there. Wick's stuff has never been particularly great. He was always kind of one of those guys who was getting by on some location and some command. And, and, you know, he's just the, he's not, he doesn't profile as that high leverage reliever that you should put in to like, just know he's going to get guys out on great stuff. He he doesn't have it. Yeah. It hasn't been great for, I mean, it's the Cubs don't really have like a bullpen that's put together in like with a lot of thought i feel like uh, you know like some teams they're like oh we're really gonna spend on the bullpen and we're gonna our seventh eighth ninth are just gonna be locked down we got those those arms back there and the cubs are more like well we'll see who's doing okay and we'll well and even last year at this point of the year you had tapera and you had chafin and you had uh kimbrell who were, you know, you had, you could lock it down. I don't think that Ross has a bullpen like that. If you ask, like, why Rowan Wick's getting high leverage situations, I'm like, well, have you seen who he has to choose from? Because it's not like you've got other people that can take those high leverage situations. You know, you got David Robertson and a cast of characters, <laughs> you know, and a cast of thousands. Um, Circle of Trust, Wick is... I mean, I guess he's moving out of it right now, but yeah, I mean, it's who a else fluid, you got? It's a fluid circle. He could move back into it. Um, but I just, I was talking to some fantasy friends earlier today and, and people were sort of curious, you know, Hey, Robertson gets traded. Like what's going to happen with Rowan Wick? And I'm like, yeah, a month ago, I might've said if he gets some saves. Now I'm not so sure. I think it sort of depends on who else gets traded and who else can uh, fill that slot. And, and they will see what options they have left once the trade deadline comes and goes. Cause they, this team is going to look very different. Uh, once the trade deadline comes and goes, let's talk about good things though. Let's talk about these yeah. two Cubs wins. Uh, let's talk about Justin Steele dealing Valerian Steele style. Uh, five innings pitch, six hits, only gave up the one run. It was earned. He walked three guys. He struck out six. I thought Justin Steele looked really good in this game. You and I went to this game together, hung out with some of our friends um, in the bleachers, and definitely had a good time welcoming Tommy Pham back to Wrigley Field. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I think he complained. He I, I think he complained to staff that, that that everybody was heckling him. We saw we heard a guy remember over on the when we were in the left field corner that the guy had been heckling fam, and uh, one of the Wrigley Field ushers came down and and yelled at him saying, "Hey, you can't yell!" I mean, I don't think he was like dropping f bombs or anything. I don't think like he that. was either. I, I was there while he was heckling fam, and they kind of had a little back and forth. And frankly. I didn't hear anything that was bad. I it was pretty standard heckling. I, I I am I am very sensitive to anything that sounds. I don't know, man. I got on some guys in the bleachers last year who were uh, really giving it to Jesus Sanchez from the Marlins, and and I was annoyed by that because let me just tell you the way they were saying the name Sanchez, and I I know when someone is using that name in a pointed way to get some racial undertones on it because yeah well it's my name and I I can hear it in your voice um it wasn't like that it wasn't like a it wasn't like a racist thing it was you know like Tommy Pham is Tommy Pham is easy to make fun of he got he slapped Jock Peterson we like Jock Peterson he has this weird fantasy football drama like every team he's been on he's had drama with like he you know did the whole he got stabbed outside a strip club during COVID like it, Tommy Pham <laughs> is a colorful guy Dan Zembrowski over at Fangraphs once did a he does like these AI generated things and he did an AI generated what will the next Tommy Pham scandal be and honestly just like listed all the things that have happened to Tommy Pham and it was truly incredible. Like it was one of those things that you read and you're like, wow, those are all real things that happened with Tommy Pham. And so he's got to expect that he's going to get heckled in left field, right? Like that's just yeah. life, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If if you're out there like getting stabbed at a strip club during COVID, you're gonna you're gonna get a little heckling from the from the left field bleachers. Um, yeah, and it, it seems like he's got thin skin about it too, which makes it even funnier. Um, because you know, honestly, it's like one of those things that if he were to ignore us, 
and not turn around and make faces and do all this stuff like then um we're not gonna we're, we're gonna stop because it's not fun because yeah. we're not getting to you. And but if you turn around and you react to us or complain to staff that you're getting heckled, um, well, now you're just going to get it more. <laughs> so. I mean, my personal favorite, Danny, was definitely yours, though. Danny, uh, if you've never heard a Danny Rocket parody song, really, what are you even doing here? Get on that right away. But Danny uh, invented the song Fam Slap to the tune of Love Shack. And it was Fam Slap, baby, Fam Slap, Fam Slap. He plays like crap. Yeah, it's great. We were singing that from the left field bleachers. Uh, Danny, I think you should turn that into a full-blown single for your next album. We'll, we'll sing it in <laughs> harmony for Tommy Pham next time he comes to Wrigley Field. But enough about Tommy Pham. Hunter Green didn't really have it in this game. He pitched four innings, gave up two hits, three runs. All of them were earned. Walked two, struck out five. Wilson Contreras hit a home run for his 600th career hit with the Cubs. And also after the game in an interview with Taylor McGregor was so thrilled to get 600 big league hits and followed it up with how he wanted the next 2000 to be in a Cubs uniform too. And look at this point, I think Wilson knows the score and I think he knows exactly what he's doing. The fans want him to stay. He would love to stay. And he is just like playing into this whole thing. He's playing into the whole narrative. We've got Bernie's out there putting extend Wilson Contreras on their marquee thing. We've got Joe at obvious shirts, making shirts that say extend Wilson Contreras for life. We've got me and you and Dom and like a whole bunch of other people all over Twitter. I think three or four times a week, we post some version of extend Wilson Contreras and, and it is setting us all up for some terrible, terrible trade angst when it happens. But also, I think the Ricketts deserve to see the angst that they are causing fans by letting this particular player who we all love so much go. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's just the Ricketts. For whatever reason, I, I mean, I've kind of just heard things that they're just not really big Wilson fans overall. Like, there's... A, they're I wrong. Yeah, they're totally Dad, you're wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be an all-star this year. So it's like, oh, you don't want an all-star catcher? You're not into that? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Like, idiots. Like, what? seriously, what the hell is wrong with you? That's exactly, uh, especially at a, such an important position like catcher, you get um, all that offense. And, I mean, if you get the robot um- umpires, which are coming, I guarantee they're coming, um, then who cares about like, remember the narrative was, Oh, he can't frame and we're going to teach Wilson to frame. He's going to get better at framing. Well, now that doesn't matter. I mean, you know, they're, they're calling the game. David Ross is using pitch com to call the game anyway. You know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you know, they, they go through their sequences ahead of time and it, you know, so that part of it. So you just take, take the offense, take it where you can get it. I don't care what position it's at. You got the DH now. So, you can you can throw somebody like Gomes or PJ Higgins in there. You got the three catcher situation. Like I don't understand why you don't. I mean, it's too late now. They're not going to extend him, and he won't. Even if they offered him an extension, he wouldn't take it. At this point, he's going to want to go out there in the free agency and see what he can get at this point. And I don't know. It's going to be a lot. Too, Please, Wilson. Please, Wilson, don't go to the Yankees or the Cardinals so I can keep cheering for you. I'll cheer for I, Wilson over everybody as long as he's not a Yankee or a Cardinal, at least for me. Christopher Morrell broke out of a little slump here. He also hit a bomb, uh, moved down to the nine hole from the leadoff spot, and that really seems to have taken some pressure off. He's went six for eight since David Ross moved him down in the lineup, including a five for five night uh, on Thursday, which yeah. we'll talk about in game three. I mean, Christopher Morrell just looks dialed in right now. Yeah, and he wasn't before. So I think that was a good move to move him down. He was striking out about half the time. And so, yeah, you you gotta you can't have that in the leadoff spot. I mean, did, didn't he strike out four times in the first game? I, I, I don't remember. It might have been. I don't have that baseball reference page up anymore, but that sounds about right. And And I agree with you. I think that he was really pressing and almost immediately was not pressing. I also want to talk about him throwing out Tommy Pham. Because this was one of the greatest throws that I've ever seen, and not just because we were giving Tommy Pham a hard time in the bleachers. But Christopher Morrell comes in, he catches the ball in center field. It's like mid-center field. It's not particularly close to the infield or particularly far away. But just throws a laser to Wilson Contreras. And look, here's the thing. 
that ball, nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100, is a sacrifice fly and the runner from third scores easily if they're an average runner. Tommy Pham is an above average runner who can steal a lot of bags. So you would expect that he would score on that play. This isn't Dan Vogelback getting thrown out. This is Tommy <laughs> Pham getting thrown out, tagging from third. And he was out by a good 10 feet. Like it was not close. That throw was a laser and Wilson Contreras applied that tag. And I was, oh, it's one of the greatest throws I've ever seen. Yeah. And we got to tell him about it too, because we saw him later that night that <laughs> was coming fun. home. Yeah. That we saw him later that night. And it's like the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, I was like, dude, that was the best double play of the year. And he big smile and everything. So, I mean, he, he knew that was awesome. And it really was, that was great. And it couldn't happen. It, it couldn't happen to a nice guy like Tommy Pham to get thrown out in that way. And it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even close. Wilson came up the line. It was a great tag, great read on everything. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Just a laser. But didn't they say it was like 109 miles an hour that he threw it or something? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that, but I, I believe you. Cause I watched it and I, I thought there was no way that throw was going to get Tommy Pham. And I watched that play probably 15 times. It is, it is a beautiful, beautiful play. And man, I want to see Christopher Morell and Wilson Contreras combined for double plays for 10 years. That was, that was oh, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, let's talk more. Uh, Christopher well, Morrell kept up. One his question, though. Oh, yeah, if, he can th- if he can throw 109, why is he not pitching in garbage time? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, wh- wh- if you got a, a center fielder that can dial it up there, like, I want to see that. Like, if you're not going to if you're not going to uh, go to the playoffs this year, I want to watch Christopher Morrell zinging 100 mile per hour fastballs past bewilders hitters. Bewildered hitters. 109 would be like that but it's it's, it was pretty it's got to be pretty hard i don't know it was over 100 i know i saw um something about it like i forget where i saw it probably on twitter and everything's true on twitter everything let's talk about this third game which was a football score the chicago cubs beat the cincinnati Bengals. no i'm just kidding uh 15 (laughs) to 7 to win the series number one Credit where it is due. Dr. Hendo has showed up the last two games. He threw a gem in St. Louis. He threw a gem against the Reds. And this was not an easy night to throw at Wrigley. When I was walking up Waveland, I always sort of take a picture of the flags and I usually post it on Twitter just to give people an idea of what the conditions are right before game time. And yesterday it was 90 degrees. It was a little bit muggy and the wind was howling out to center. Like I was prepared for a football score. I was not prepared for Kyle Hendricks to go six innings and only give up two runs while striking out seven. Yeah, no, he did great. And I I think sometimes that pitchers, when they see the flags doing that and they know what it's like that, especially Kyle Hendricks is so familiar with Wrigley field. And for the most part pitches really well at Wrigley field, but better than he does on the road. Um, uh, Usually anyway, I think that don't you think that he makes a little bit of an adjustment? I mean, where he can, to like not let them get that ball in the air just because he knows. I mean, I think any pitcher worth their salt. I mean, Ashcraft didn't know that because he's a rookie. Didn't like he's, he doesn't know to check the flags. He's like, I'm at Wrigley field. I'm a red. I'm, I'm a rookie. Like he doesn't know. So he ends up giving up five runs in one inning, you know, and can't even get out of the third inning. So, you know, yeah, Kyle Hendricks, you're, I think there's some veteran know-how there. But um, yeah, two times in a row, we'll take it. I mean, it hasn't been, it's been inconsistent, Dr. Hendo and Mr. Kyle. So we got Dr. Hendo when I thought we were going to get Mr. Kyle. I really did. Yeah, me too. Um, interesting, Danny, we've gotten a merch request now for some Dr. Hendo shirts uh, on oh. Twitter. So I, I'm not the merch girl, but I might need you to see what you can do to well, get, get some merch going with I'll Dr. Tell you, Hendo. I, in uh, speaking of the Reds, uh, my good friend Billy DeVore, who does the new Nasty Boys podcast, he does in the clutch shirts, and they're really great at turning uh, around my ideas. We got a Morel shirt over there, um, it, like uh, it's it, it's uh, uh, it's a uh, Morel is a fun guy. Chris Morel <laughs> is a fun guy, like because Morel's mushroom, and then we have uh, Cup Snake shirts. And we also have, uh, uh, there's like, they designed a Seiya Suzuki shirt because they're like, hey, like, Cub fans buy 
a lot of stuff and let's maybe, even though we're Reds fans, let's sell stuff to them. So uh, anyway, it's called in the clutch shirts and I will definitely talk to them about doing something like a, you know, maybe if there's like, I could find like a famous, well, should it just be Dr. Hendo? Nobody wants a Mr. Kyle shirt. Yeah. Nobody wants a Mr. Kyle shirt. I think that we just need a Dr. Hendo shirt. Uh, but I trust you on the design aspect here, Danny. So let's we'll see if we can get done. let's see if we can get a Dr. Hendo shirt going for the listeners. I think that would be pretty fun. Uh, let's go back to Christopher Morelli. He was five for five in this game. He had a home run off Max Schrock that landed by our friend Ball Hawk Dave out oh, on Waveland. Um, it's the first five for five game since Chris Bryant did it six years ago, and he's the youngest Cub to do it since Ken Hubs in 1962. I mean, what more does Christopher Morelli need to do? I think that this dude is stunningly good at baseball yeah and it's funny with the the comparisons to Wilson because remember when Wilson Contreras came up he wasn't really supposed to stay and he played his way onto staying on the team for the next six years played his way into starting the all-star game three times (laughs) exactly it's like oh well he wasn't supposed to be a guy well guess what he's a guy and uh yeah Morel's he's definitely played his way I mean I don't know at what point do you start some like I mean, maybe he doesn't have the home runs uh, to get any rookie of the year. Um, Well, here's the thing. Like, if you had told me at the start of the season that the Cubs were going to have a rookie of the year in contention, I would have said that's Seiya Suzuki. But at this point, Seiya Suzuki has been out for like, I don't know, six weeks with this finger injury. Although he did have a nice rehab start in Iowa. As this game was going on, he hit a home run. Uh, He is back and should be back with the Cubs soon. And frankly, like, I don't know, Danny. I like this team a lot if the outfield is Ian Happ, Christopher Morrell, Seiya Suzuki. I am digging the infield if David Bodie's your second baseman, Nico Horner, Patrick Wisdom. Got to figure out that first base situation. Wilson Contreras behind the plate. That team might be – I think that team might be good. Yeah, well, I mean, you got – You've got Frank Schwindel on the shelf. He hasn't exactly been Frank the Tank this year. You, PJ Higgins had, at first. PJ Higgins you, is hitting three hundred and sixty well, plate appearances. Well, not only that, but he also hit a home run last night. Um, at that Bleacher Jeff got actually and got a little love on the broadcast. I saw, but yeah, he's got a nine oh seven OPS on the season. He went three for five last night. Scored a couple runs. I mean, yeah, PJ Higgins is another one that's been a surprise. He's supposed to just be like the third catcher. He's, and and he just, he's, he's not going anywhere. He's too yeah, good. They're he, like, well, you just, you can play some third base, PJ. Exactly. <laughs> playing a little third, playing a little, yeah, playing a little first, uh, you know, and then, um, I mean, so yeah, it's been, it's been going really well. The The question is, you know, where, what do we look like after the deadline and, um, I think all signs are pointing towards this team continuing to sell off. So uh, some of these dudes, like you got Narciso Crook in there last night, who also had a couple of hits, although one of them in very much garbage time. Um, Yeah, he looked pretty good out there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I obviously small sample size, but again, a guy who all smiles not supposed to be a guy making the most of his opportunity comes into the game late and goes two for three. I mean, I, I don't know, man, I I'm digging all the, I think that all these guys are coming up and they're just sort of feeding off each other's energy and they're really happy to be here. And they have, they don't know that they're supposed to not be good. And they're just like, watch us go. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And crook, it's funny. Cause I looked at his uh, MLB page just to be like, Oh yeah, Narciso crook. What does he do? And um, I'm like, wait, he's wearing a Reds hat. Like what's going on? <laughs> like, apparently he was, he's from the Reds organization and then the Cubs picked him up, but like, it's, he's not actually, he's not hitting the cover off the ball in, uh, in the minors. I mean, neither was morale. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, 2021, he had 14 home runs. Uh, he did end up with an 805 OPS, but it's the minors that was in between, uh, double a and triple a. So I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all for like letting the kids play because you you got Hayward injured right now. Um, we don't know. I mean, here's another question. I mean, as much as I like the, the idea of a morale and center uh, happen left and Suzuki and right for the most part uh, at what point 
are you looking at your Narciso Crooks and your Velasquez's of the world? And um, at what point are you looking at them and like, these are actually more viable options. We can get something for Ian Happ or, you know what I mean? Like we can trade him now and get more for him because there's more time on his uh, team control. And he's still, he, he won't be cheap. I mean, what is he making? Six million? I think six point five seven. I could be wrong about that. I so have maybe not looked goes at up to salary. eight. I mean, basically. that's that's. I mean, that's what the Cubs let Schwarber go for. You know, like they were like, oh, we can't pay him that much. Like, and they let him go. Like, at what, what point are they gonna? I mean, Ian Happ's having a really good 6. year. Six point eight five. Six point eight five for Ian Happ. Okay, so Ian Happ's having a great year. He would be a valuable outfielder on pretty much any team. That bat, uh, switch hitter. You know. I'm just wondering if you're looking at these dudes over overperforming and saying, well, we get away with that. Let's, let's trade somebody like Hap, which would break my heart too, because he's like, he's our guy out there and left, you know, he's friends with bleacher Jeff and, you know, he always turning around saying what's up to us. So it would be sad to have to, to do that with uh, somebody else. But Hey, I said to Nelson Velasquez in Spanish that he, that he's awesome. And he, he turned around and gave me a wave. So Aww. like, Hey, we just, we just get a new guy, you know? So I love that. yeah, um, no, very cool. And I want to talk I'm, about Ian Happ for one second. Cause yeah. Ian Happ was absolutely robbed in this all-star balloting and look like I get yeah. it. Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, like, yeah, those dudes should be on the ballot and that's great. And you should go. But the other guys who made the ballot ahead of Mr. Happ are as follows. Look, our old pal, Jack Peterson, who is having a great year, admittedly in a platoon role, Jack Peterson has 17 home runs. He's slashing 276, 350, 583. I think there's an argument for Jack Peterson ahead of Ian Happ. Here are the other guys that made the ballot, and there's not an argument for either one of them, in my opinion, over Ian Happ. Starling Marte is slashing 279, 327, 442. It's almost identical to Ian Happ's 275, 377. 454 the difference like Ian Happ has a better WRC plus 131 versus 122 he has a better F war so far this season a full two F war for Ian Happ 1.3 for Starling Marte and then this is the one that kills me Adam freaking Duvall who was in a platoon role for the Braves and is slashing 200 267 361 and has put up 0.3 F war this season is on the all-star ballot and Ian Happ is not Ian Happ was robbed, and I'm just cranky about it. He might still go to the game anyway when the players and the coaches get a chance to say have their say, but what a joke, MLB fans. What a joke. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a popularity contest. I mean, look, isn't uh, – wasn't Tatis? Oh, t- yeah, Tatis got, like, the fifth most votes for shortstop. He hasn't played a single game. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. So it's ridiculous. They're like, well, he's good on the show, <laughs> MLB the show. I'm like, oh, whatever. I mean, he's not even doing anything for anybody's fantasy team, whoever has him. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's a popularity contest. The fans vote, and that is probably wrong. But it's um, but that's how it's always been. I don't see them changing it. Um, you know, it, it would make more sense to me if, A, the players voted, and, B, that the All-Star break – in the all-star game, uh, Michael Cotton from Sunranto has a good idea about when the all-star game should be played. It should be the first game of the year. And that's how you, you do it. You go to a warm weather place and you, you show off like the beginning of the season with all your best players and the players pick and probably the all-star break. Like a couple of years ago when the Cubs were in pennant races, uh, we would tell people to not vote for Cubs because they needed the rest send them home, let them heal their nagging injuries, get a week off or four or five days off, let them rest, especially your pitchers. Like you don't want that. And some of the guys are going to the home run derby and stuff. And the knock on that was always that they were going to screw up their swing and stuff. I don't know if that's true, but um, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm not a fan of the all-star game in general. So Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. I've never been into it because it's a fake game. I'm not super into it as a fan. I love it for the players, for the experience. And that's the other reason that I really want Hap to have that experience. I think he's earned it. And I, I, you know, he should get to walk the red carpet once. He should get to go out there and play. He has earned it this season. I'm going to be pretty cranky if he doesn't get a shot at it because 
the league is like, well, the Cubs, the Cubs are bad. They should only get the one player and Wilson Contreras is going to be the starting catcher. So you can have Wilson Contreras. Maybe you can have David Robertson. You don't need a third player. And I, I think Ian Happ has earned it this year. And I, and I'm just, you know, he's not one of those guys that's going to be a perennial all-star in my opinion. I don't think he's going to be a guy who gets that shot year after year after year. He hasn't been that consistent guy in MLB. And I, want him to get the opportunity while he has it and in the season where he deserves it. couple other notes from this game. If you read uh, Al Yellen's recap over at Bleed Cubby Blue, he has for the second time this season just definitive proof that StatCast is not working on these home runs that make it out to Waveland. Uh, that home run that Patrick Wisdom hit, the first one, absolutely landed by our, our friends, the Ballhawks out there. Ballhawk Dave showed us where it landed last night as I was walking home, that is approximately 440 feet from home plate and StatCast measured it at 401. As far as I can tell, StatCast lost it. It was so high that StatCast just lost it and just like stopped tracking it at 401. That's absurd because they said the second home run that Patrick Wisdom hit that did not get out of the park was 397. And that landed in like the second row of the bleachers. So you're telling (laughs) me that the ball that landed on the street on the fly went four feet farther than the ball that landed in the bleachers like that's just not true like I don't yeah. know that's that's not true and and the only reason I care about this home run distances exit velocities all of those types of things that is how front offices are making decisions in terms of like real player value and power and I'm telling you that something is off at Wrigley Field in the left field corner yeah no I I, I was confused by that too because uh, i somebody said to me, I was sitting, the ball went right over my head. And I said that, what did they say? That went 420 feet. Cause I could, it was muffled. Uh, you know, when Jeremiah pop Rocky gave the information, they're like, no, they said it went 401 and everybody looked at each other. We're like, huh? What? 401. No way. <laughs> like, all right, well, we sit, sit down and drink your beer. But yeah, it was strange. Uh, yeah. Wisdom, man, you know, what a great year he's having and the batting average is up. He's not striking out like he was. I mean, I mean, he's not batting 232. I'm not going to get too excited about it, you know, but like, it's not it's having a Mendoza better season than Adam Duvall. Yeah. I mean, it, we're just, yeah, we're not, <laughs> Sorry, we're not looking at a dude. Adam Duvall. <laughs> I know seriously, but we're not looking at a guy who's like, uh, you know, either he's going to strike out or home run like completely. Like he was totally that guy for a while. He's got 16 dogs on the year so far. And, um, you know, I just, you just love to see it for, for a dude like him who we weren't expecting to ever, I mean, he was on the Cardinals, he was on Texas. Nobody really ever gave him a shot because of blue Friday. He ends up on the Cubs and like, you know, he's got his OBP up a little bit higher. Uh, he's, what do he have? 20, 28 home runs last year. He's already got 16 on this year, you know, so I'm. We are well overdue for a quick break for our sponsors. I'm going to hold you on there. We're going to talk about Patrick Wisdom on the flip side because I have a stat that's going to blow your mind. But first, Oh, yeah, let's do it. And we are back. Here's a stat that's going to blow your mind about Patrick Wisdom because, Danny, you are absolutely right. Patrick Wisdom looks like a different player this season. The power is certainly real. These are Patrick Wisdom's K percentage splits by month so far in 2022. In March and April, he was striking out 37.8% of the time. In May, he was striking out 37.7% of the time. In the month of June, which just finished, Patrick Wisdom struck out 28.6% of the time. If Patrick Wisdom can strike out 29% of the time with this home run rate, he's not just a good third baseman. He's a great third baseman. Like, I am perfectly happy to have him be the Cubs third baseman going forward with a 29% strikeout rate in this power. Yeah, and uh, it, it's and the third baseman part isn't too shabby either. You know, he, yeah. he, he's not he's not the best. He's not going to win a Gold Glove, but he's got a great arm, and uh, you know he makes the routine plays. So I, I'm I'm not saying he's like you know Nolan Arenado or anything over there, but um, but At yeah, the risk no, of he's, being controversial, he might be better than Chris Bryant. Well, I mean, if Chris Bryant can't even stay on the field. I mean, I've put, at least. Patrick wisdom can do that. So, um, yeah, the, uh, the OBP is up over last year, 10 points. He's got the exact same batting average. He's actually slugging a little bit less and his OPS is down, but the strikeouts uh, is what you are concerned about. He does have a hundred on the year. <laughs> so in 259 at bats, 
but I don't know. It just seems trending. It's the eyeball test tells me it's trending in the right direction. I totally agree with that. Uh, one last note from this game. I do want to talk about the David Bodie collision with Nico Horner just because it was scary. And Bodie, that shoulder injury, uh, I was at the game where he uh, threw his shoulder out of socket on a slide last season. It was not good. And then he put really ended his season. He had surgery in the offseason. He's really worked hard to come back. You never want to see a guy go down like that. When he was down on the ground after that collision with Nico, I was very worried about him. It does sound like that was a little bit precautionary. He was nervous about it. He felt some soreness. So the Cubs pulled him. It didn't sound like they had terrible news afterwards or anything like that, but really wishing David Bodie the best news possible on that shoulder. Well, you're win- you're winning by a million points. And then I know I just drove everybody nuts by saying points, but you're, you're winning by a lot. And that happens. And you just let him stay in the game. I did. I was, I turned around to uh, the guy sitting behind me. I'm like, why aren't they pulling him? Like, who cares? Like, get him out of there. He just came back from injury. Just just get him out. And they ended up doing it anyway. But this is a prime example of David Ross playing an, a, an inning or an out behind. Like, what are you doing? Oh, he said he's fine. No, it's because he's in shock. <laughs> he says he's fine, but he's his bell just got rung. He was on the ground on his hands and knees. And then you just leave him in there. What? Because for what? Why? What's the point? Just precautionary. Yeah, fine. But why? Why don't you do it right there? You wait an inning. So stupid. I don't understand. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either. I, I kind of I was. Not what's the word I'm looking for? I was I was not happy that he was still in the game, that he was left in the game to field after he was laying on the field like that, like that looked scary. And I, I would have pulled him immediately. And like, I was glad Andrelton Simmons came into the game after that. Like, I think, I think the Cubs were up seven to two at that point or something. Yeah. But it's just, it really felt like I agree with you. They should have done it immediately. I don't know why. Yeah, there just was take delay. him out. Yeah. Just because if you get, you got to be careful with this guy. You, you signed him for too long, probably, you know, by eh. locking him up to that contract. And so you got to protect this guy. Uh, he just came back from the injury and you're just going to be like, eh, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Get him out of there. Come on. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, couple other things. Well, anything else you want to talk about with this series before we move on to the Red Sox and Brewers previews? I think that we might've covered this one. Good and good. And well. Yeah. Yeah. Just that um, I, I, I uh, hate garbage time. Oh, uh, Max, Max Schrock. Yeah, I, I just, it's a, what am I looking at now? Like, you got all these guys teeing off on him. He's got an ERA now of like 85, no, 45, I guess, because he got that last out. Gives up two home runs. It, you know, it's just, uh, those, those shouldn't count. Like, you, you know, I mean, I know that they're probably taking those into account, you know, when you're looking at stats, but it's just, this is a baseball game. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to like, even Manfred was talking about, it was like, yeah, owners want seven inning games. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Oh yeah. It's seven inning games and, and short stops pitching. Like, yeah. what am I looking at? This is a major league baseball game. People paid a lot of money to see. You have to, I think there should be a rule that you have to use a pitcher. Like no more this position player crap because it's getting misused. I mean, that would be an interesting rule. I, I, I don't love it for injury circumstances, but I, I do hear what you're saying because I agree that I don't want to see Max Schrock pitch, man. I do think that David Ross was asked after the post game if there was, you know, if he considered using a position player and he definitely threw some shade at the Cardinals and was like, no, no, we're not going to, we're not going to do that when we're ahead. <laughs> I thought yeah. of you uh, oh, and, yeah. and your criticism of the Cardinals and Ollie Marmol and his, his, Ten chant for bringing in his guys to pitch when they've got a 10 run lead. Why not? I mean, honestly, unless they make a rule against it, you know, David Ross probably should have done that. Now you got to face the Red Sox and you know, you not saying, but they used Rowan wick who gave up runs. They used Hughes who gave up runs and they're just like tossing it in there. So it's kind of garbage time for us anyway, because we don't really have that great of a bullpen. I mean, it's the fourth worst ERA in the majors might have even dropped a, a, a spot. Um, so, I mean, it's not like you've got a lot of great, I mean, who knows, maybe Angleton Simmons would have done better than Brandon Hughes. I don't know. <laughs> like it could be, but um, 
yeah, I'm just, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's just, it's not, it's not real baseball. And it's just, and it, it, it's one thing when it happens rarely and it used to be super rare. And now it's just pretty much twice a week that I'm looking at this crap. The teams are, there's, there's a lot more blowouts happening. I, you know, I got to look into that too. I, I'm, I'm interested to see if there are more blowout games this year than ever. Cause it's certain, I mean, I'm watching the Cubs, so like it, it might just be specific to our team, but man, it's a lot. Yeah, seems it like this. I mean, how many? I'm going to look at our our numbers right now and see how many position players have already taken innings for the Cubs. I mean, because it's it's a fair amount. Well, while you are while you are looking at that, let's let's take a look at these pitching matchups with the Red Sox coming to Wrigley Field for what I think it's the first time in over 10 years. Right. Like hasn't it been since 2011 or something? I know they haven't been here since I've lived in Chicago. They were supposed to come in 2020 and then the 2020 season got all messed up and that was it. Um, So it's been a hot minute since the Red Sox have played at Wrigley Field. Yeah, um, that's exciting. I bet you there'll be a lot of. Red Sox fans in town, and hopefully they'll be coming to little plug here. My show at the Bleacher Bum Band is playing over at Output Wrigleyville, just on Clark Street, just a half a block north of the stadium, uh, at 4 p.m. as a pregame. So if you're around uh, tomorrow at 4, come on over. It's a free show. We're going to rock out. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, And hopefully always, there'll be Red Sox fans, too. Always a good time with the Bleacher Bum Band. Uh Old pal Rich Hill will take the mound for the Red Sox. Yes, he is still playing in the major leagues. Uh, he's like Wainwright. They out, they have these curveballs that just never age, and they're just going to pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch forever. Um, so yeah. Rich Hill, it would be Rich Hill against Adrian Sampson to start the series this fri- today, Friday afternoon. Um, Alec Mills and Winkowski will go on Saturday, and then um, – so some of this is TBD. I filled it in with some roto wire stuff. So if it, you know, if this shifts a little bit, I apologize. Um, it sounds like Keegan Thompson and Siebold, uh or Waka could go on Sunday. Yeah, I hope it's Waka. I mean, the Cubs kind of light up Waka. They always have. Um, unfortunately, it's a couple of the players that used to light up Waka, like Anthony Rizzo, is no longer on the Cubs. But uh, I, the but uh, Wilson Contreras has good numbers against Waka. And if you get Keegan Thompson in that game too, I, I think, um, you know, our chances are pretty good in that one. Winkowski, he's young. He's a rookie righty, but he can touch like 99. I, I guess he did in Arizona fall league. Um, he's got a hard change up. He's, his 90 mile per hour change up <laughs> is like, it's like Kyle Hendricks. It's faster than Kyle Hendricks fastball. So, um, you got that going on. And I'm excited to see Rich Hill out there today. That'll be, I mean, I love those old guys that just the soft tossers that just seem to seemingly pitch forever. Like you said, so that'd be fun. Adrian Sampson, like he's playing on borrowed time. He shouldn't be as successful as he has been. So just keep your fingers crossed. And Alec Mills, I, I'm not really, you know, too high on what he's able to do. Cause he's basically like Hendo light. And, um, you know, the Red Sox are a far better team. You know, you're a Red Sox fan, so you you know how much better they are than the Cubs. But that offense, it's scary when you got like, uh, you know, Devers up the middle there. Uh, you know, Trevor Devers Story is a was third. Yeah. I mean, you mean the middle of the lineup. in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. yeah. I am it, Danny. I'm so excited about this series. I'm very torn. So I. I am, I'm excited because I am a Red Sox fan. The Red Sox are my AL team. I The only team I love more than the Red Sox are the Cubs. Uh, I am real stoked about this matchup. I went to all three games that the Cubs played against the Red Sox um, in, at Fenway when I lived in Boston. That was like the first series that they had seen each other since the 1918 World Series, which was super fun and cool. Um, I, I'm torn. The Red Sox need these wins more than the Cubs. The Red Sox are actually actually have a shot to get a wild card or, you know, something in the AL East. The Cubs really don't. The Cubs are on a winning streak, though, and I, I can't root against the Cubs when they're on a winning streak. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It should be a lot of fun. You're absolutely right. Um, the Red Sox just have a scary offense. Raphael yeah. Devers, in my opinion, is the best hitting third baseman in baseball and the only person 
who might be able to make a case that he's better than Raphael Devers is Jose Ramirez, who is absurd and ridiculous. Uh, they've got this kid, Russ Snyder. He's got a WRC plus of 167 for the month of June, because of course they do. Alex Verdugo is heating up. He's got a WRC plus for June of 158. Xander Bogarts, who also did not make the final all-star ballot, which is borderline malpractice considering the season that he is having, had a WRC plus in June of 150, and he has definitely been better than Bo Bichette, Toronto. Like, I get the all stuff to the ballot box for Bo Bichette, but Bo Bichette does not belong on that ballot. Xander Bogarts absolutely does. Yeah, he's Jaren, a hell of a year. Jaron Duran is there, uh, as a pretty highly rated prospect for the Red Sox. Their center fielder should be batting leadoff. Um, he's got a WRC plus of 144 in the month of June, and then Christian Vasquez, their, their catcher who can kind of hit, but not like Wilson Contreras or PJ Higgins, he's got a WRC plus of 111. Yeah, it's scary offense, uh, really scary offense. Um, and uh, they, they've hit, as I looked it up yesterday, but they've hit 34 more doubles than any other team. Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, and Xander Bogarts are all in the top 10 in the major leagues in doubles. Yeah, so they're ridiculous. Yeah, they're just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's the, you got to get to the bullpen because their bullpen is just average. So, um, and it's like by committee. And I was talking to my friend Lyle, who's from Boston and uh, one of the hosts of the Sunranto show, we were talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, we just never know who's going to be pitching. <laughs> it's like, we just don't know. It's like, there's not like, you don't, I mean, do you, is there a closer? So Tanner Houck has basically been in the closer role for the last few weeks and he's been pretty good at it. I think he has five or six saves in that time. You might remember Tanner Houck as the right-handed version of Chris Sale who showed up in the playoffs last season. I mean, and he really did look like a righty Chris Sale. Like he looked absolutely nasty, lots of Ks, but he hadn't really gotten it going as a starter this season. And so Boston is kind of using him in the same role they used Garrett Whitlock in last year, which is a lot of long reliefs, some saves, those types of things. He's basically the closer at the moment, as far as I can tell. However, he also just took three games off because uh, he is not vaccinated and the Red Sox are coming to Chicago from Toronto. And so both Jaron Duran and Tanner Houck were, have not played for like the first half of this week because they were on the restricted list for that trip. And y'all can read into that what you will. So their, their bullpen is going to have quite a bit of rest um, from that. Uh, the starters that we're seeing from them with the exception of Waka are not really guys I would expect for them to want to pitch or start down the stretch at all. Yes. That includes Rich Hill. I think they're biding their time until Chris sale comes sale comes back. They want Garrett Whitlock back in that rotation. So we're kind of seeing the beat up Red Sox rotation while they're seeing the beat up Cubs rotation and, if the wind's blowing out, these could be some ridiculously high-scoring games. Yeah, get ready to see more position players pitching, maybe for both teams. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's always fun when the Red Sox come to town. Now it's not going to be such a novelty to play teams from the other league because we're going to play everybody next year. But I, I imagine uh, uh, that there'll be that Wrigley will be rocking this weekend. The weather looks great. Um, the only, th the only thing that, uh, I did notice is you know, I signed up, even though I'm not eligible to purchase these tickets, I signed up for, to get the, uh, notifications from the Cubs U deal where they're giving $10 tickets to students. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Now I don't have, you have to have a .edu address to sign up. I don't have one of those. Um, so, but I did sign up to get the notifications, which I get just to see, to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on with Cubs tickets. They're giving away $10 Cubs tickets to today's game. Cubs, Red Sox. That should shock everybody. That's ridiculous. Because, yeah. Yeah. They, they can't, they, they, if you can't sell out this game, you a are charging too much because people are like, eh, I'll do something else. Or People have, since Blue Friday, have so fallen away from this Cubs baseball team that people just simply do not care right now. And it's going to take a lot to get people back interested, like being in first place. Or extending Wilson Contreras. Yeah. Instead of just selling off all the players that you like, you know, even though that might be the quote unquote good way to run a modern baseball team um you know it's certainly not a good way to fill up wrigley field and sell people 15 dollars beer so 
Anyway, I was surprised to get that text today. Yeah, I was surprised to get that text. I've seen the tickets coming down on the still broken StubHub. Uh, They were going for about 40 bucks to get in price. Now there's more like 30 plus the fees. And, uh, you know, if they if they can't sell this game, then they, they got big problems. Yeah, this this series is the only series that I bought that didn't have like a special ticket offer to it or anything at the start of the season. Because I thought that um, I was sure this would be the one that would cost more on StubHub than anything else. It's the 4th of July weekend. It's the Red Sox. I mean, that that's a recipe for high prices, not a recipe for $10 tickets. So perhaps you should extend our favorite players and and let us cheer for some guys over there, Mr. Ricketts. Um, The Cubs hitters are no slouches at the moment. They actually compare pretty favorably to this Red Sox team. Ian Happ has a WRC plus of 162 for the month of June. Wilson Contreras is at 160. PJ Higgins is at 147. Nico Horner is at 134. Rafael Ortega is at 123. Christopher Morrell is at 122. And Patrick Wisdom is at 112. That stacks up pretty well against those Red Sox sluggers we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the offense right now is, is not the problem. I mean, you remember that old crew with Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez. Remember they would like score one run all the time and they'd win because of the pitching. Yes. Yeah. Obnoxious. So that has not been the issue. The The Cubs are, they are scoring a fair amount of runs every now and again, it dries up, but it's not as uh, like the offensive broken offense that never got fixed that we saw underneath the Theo regime. This is a diff. This is a different team. They're playing station to station. Just, and uh, uh, Hey, they're kind of like the Red Sox, except not as good because that's what the Red Sox aren't hitting a lot of home runs. They're scoring a lot of runs, but they're not doing it by the Homer. They're doing it with doubles and getting on and moving, moving them over. And that's kind of how the Cubs are starting to be built. So it's, it should be a fun series. We've got two teams going to, I think, just bash each other's brains in, to be honest. Like, I really think that if the, the weather stays like this and it's hot and the weather looks beautiful, actually. It's like 80, I think maybe high 70s. Oh, yeah. These could be some these could be some high scoring games. 80 degrees, wind blowing out, Red Sox, Cubs. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens at the old ballpark after uh, this weekend's games, the Cubs will head up to Milwaukee to play a three-game set against the Brewers on the 4th of July and into next week. Uh, those matchups at the moment look like they will be Justin Steele, either Dr. Hendo or Mr. Kyle, uh, Adrian Sampson against Eric Lauer, a guy named Gonzalez, who I've never heard of, and Corbin Burns, who I have heard of. He is the best pitcher in the National League, and it is not particularly close. Um what do you think about these pitching matchups for the Cubs up in Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, Milwaukee's in first place. They don't have the best offense in the world, but, um, you know, we, have, we haven't we have played real well against them. Uh, well, actually, I'm looking at it right now. We're 5-5. Five and five. We All played right. the Brewers hard, and we played the Cardinals hard, which I, I like that. I like that the Cubs are making the two division leaders work for it. <laughs> One thing I'll say about the Brewers is they were 15-7 and seven in April. 17 and 12 in May and 12 and 15 in June. So we might be catching them at a pretty decent time. Um, They had a pretty bad losing streak at the beginning of the month. Uh, They lost to San Diego, Philadelphia and Washington um, before finally snapping their streak. They did manage to just uh, beat Toronto and Tampa Bay. Now they got Pittsburgh where they lost last night. Um, eight to seven. And so we might just be catching them at a pretty good time. You got uh, the the 4th of July game, uh, which is a day game. So you got day, night, day going on in this one. So it's, I mean, the Brewers aren't that good. Like that's what annoys me about this whole situation. You got the ARP tour running around St. Louis. You got the, the Brewers who, you know, they got Woodruff and Burns, but like, it's not the same as it was last year. And you know, it's just not as good as it was. No matter what team wins the central is going to get their butts handed to them in the, in the end of the season tournament that they're playing now. And you know, it's just annoying that the Cubs, a got injured. I get that part, but that they didn't add enough to this squad that they are, you know, as Crane Kenny pointed out, um, not spending so they could spend next year, I guess, you know, 
Um, oh, it's that just was the most go- annoying interview. Like, it'll roll over. I'm like, roll over. The division is winnable now. You're like two guys away from being able to compete in this terrible division. And you're letting stuff roll. I, here's here's my thought on the whole, like, we have money that rolls over because I guess that's Jed BS didn't spend his whole that's... budget. One, Jed, you should spend your whole budget. Two, I my hunch here is that what's happening is Jed is trying to offer these, like, what he thinks are competitive deals that are actually like, hey, take $10 million less, but you get to live in Chicago and play at Wrigley Field, guy. It'll be great. Like, they were able to get with Jason Hayward and John Lester when they were trying to build the first championship team in 108 years. And let me tell you something. You are a major market baseball team. You don't get discounts for guys to come here. You have to offer $10 million more not $10 million less. Less, There's nothing magical about coming to Wrigley Field when you make so much money, you can absolutely afford a contract offer that is on par with the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox. Start acting like a major market team and stop with this cheap nonsense. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah, I, I hate this nickel dime crap. It's just, it's so annoying. No, you should just be out there. And it's not my money. Well, actually it is. And they're, they charge us a boatload to to go to Wrigley Field paying $15 for a Bud Light seltzer last night. You know what I mean with the tip. So, I don't want to hear it. You got cup snakes worth 50 grand going around. You the bleachers are I mean it wasn't the biggest crowd of the year last night, but it's still pretty way more packed than a lot of uh teams, even the Yankees like who are in first place aren't drawing like the Cubs still draw in fourth place. So, it's it's totally just asinine and the fact oh it rolls over okay then i will expect a 400 million dollar payroll in two years then if you guys yeah if that's what if it's rolling over he says it's a closed loop yeah and the and also the marquee money is going to flow in. it's going to go on the team don't forget the sports book that they're building at the corner of addison and sheffield like i am over this nickel and diming nonsense like go get this team is not Look, it's been injury-ridden. There's been some issues. There's been some problems. Like, Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson and Adrian Sampson are not supposed to be mainstays of your rotation, and I get it. That has caused some problems. You can spend money to replace some of these guys and field a competitive baseball team. I, I cannot. Like, I... Let's talk about this Brewers offense and then end out this show because honestly, like I'm I'm on a I'm on a roll here and, and we've got to close this out. There's like three minutes left in the show. Uh, the hot hitters for the Brewers in the last month were Colton Wong, who had a WRC plus of 175, Andrew McCutcheon at 156, old pal Victor Caratini at 145, Jace Peterson at 121, Roddy Telez, I love that name, at 119, and Christian Yelich bringing up the rear there at 116, but over 110. Just 16% above average. I wonder whatever happened to old Christian Yelich and his MVP ways. Yeah, well, I guess he had to stop cheating. Um, the only player with an OPS over 800 on this team for the year is Rowdy Teles. This, this is not a great team. This is, it, they're okay. They got, I mean, they've got some guys that they've you've got heard great of. pitching. Yeah, they got great pitching. That's what it's about. Um, you know, you got Willie Adamas and Roddy Telez each with 15 home runs. And, and then you you go down. What does um, Yelich have? He's got seven on the year. Mr. MVP, seven home runs only. Um, he's basically, that's, doesn't Christopher Morrell have seven or six? I think he does. And in like one month less, less playing time. like a lot yeah. less playing time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something happened I there. He, I think he hit seven. <clears throat> I think he hit a seventh last night, Morrell. I'm going to look that up while you talk about. And it shouldn't count because it was off of their second baseman. So like, I mean, um, if, if that indeed was what happened, but, um, yeah, Christopher Morrell has seven home runs at 185 plate appearances. Yeah. And Chris, Christian Yelich, Yelich has 329 plate appearances, almost double and seven home runs. So yeah, nice, nice MVP, bro. <laughs> Can't. Can't wait to see him back at Wrigley and remind him about that in left field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Christian, if we are able to remind Christian Yelich of his former MVP ways in the left field corner, you will hear about it here on Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny, where can people find you in the meantime and definitely remind them about your show? Yeah, well, come Saturday. That'll be a lot of fun. 4 p.m. output Wrigleyville right on Clark Street. It's uh, going to be a fun show. And um, then on Sunday night, uh, probably we're going to go right after the game. 
uh, as they're going to do a little post game uh, wrap up of this uh this Red Sox series and uh, preview the Brewers as well on the Sun Ranto show live. So you can join us um, either Sunday after the game or Sunday night. We haven't figured out what we're doing, but it's going to be fun because it's, it's always fun to hang out with Cubs fans. It is going to be fun. I will be there and I'll probably be tweeting some fun from the show from my account at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything on the podcast about account at Cup of Cubby Blue. We are going to take the 4th of July off for fireworks and baseball and beer and barbecues and all of that jazz, but we will be back after the Brewers series to let you know everything that happened with the Red Sox and the Brewers. Let's see if the Cubs can keep up these winning ways. This back-to-back series wins business. I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. I like it. Let's If they do, you will hear about it here first on Cup of Cubby Blue. Till next time. 